working for f***ing stupid idiots. And I'm not an idiot. So I don't want to work. Welcome to Work Shorts, where we go deep on the absurdity that is the working world and life in general. My name is Keith Coleman. And I am Carl Spandex. And he's Carl Spandex. Welcome back. It's episode three. Carl, it's it's kind of a big deal. I mean, what the hell? Did you expect we'd even get this far? You know, I, because we're awesome. Yeah, I did. But I mean, it's like that confidence. It's been crazy. It's been a a crazy creative journey that uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're just getting started. And today is part two of personal development planning. I'm looking forward to this one. The last time, Carl, we had a lot of fun going deep on your personal development. I'm still feeling the pain. It was equal parts intriguing and terrifying. Yeah. But I feel feel like we worked through some stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've been, uh, there's been a lot of reflection over the last week. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been intense. Yeah. It was cathartic. I could tell. It was good. It was good. I, I, I even sense a change at work. Like you've, yeah, did you've, you feel you've that? purged the demon. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're just getting started. I like it. Yeah. It's, it was good. I can't wait for your, your turn this week. It is my turn, uh, which is why it's part two. So we're going to share my personal development plan. But first, we're going to have the C list, of course. It wouldn't be another episode without one of Carl's famous lists. Great name. Then we're going to jump into the work short of the day, which is my personal development plan. But first, Carl, is a segment that we call Keith and Carl Become Friends. Again, we are forming this relationship live. Yeah, it's amazing how you sit six feet from each other and look at each other through a cubicle pane of glass, and yet don't make progress on our friendship. But that's why we're doing this. Absolutely. So we've got some time to go long form and forge this relationship. And one way that we try to propel that relationship to the next level is to ask one question about the other person that the other person doesn't know. So my question today for you, Carl, what was your best Halloween costume? Oh, best Halloween costume. Hmm. So my... Best Halloween costume, I would say, is fairly recent. And I don't know if you've seen this movie. Have you seen the movie The Great Outdoors? Of course. With Dan Aykroyd and John John Candy. Candy. Right? Yeah. Do you remember when the bat got loose in the house? Yep. And John Candy was wearing a wastebasket on his head. They had sheets on their bodies, oven mitts. They had a fishing net rooms trying to classic movie yep my wife and i dressed up as john candy candy and dan Aykroyd in that scene and went to the bar that's incredible and when we got there no one knew what the hell we were wait which one were you um i was the one with like the waste basket on my head so probably john candy (laughs) i don't know but um no one knew who we were and we like were going to the the thing and we were like we're the coolest people this is going to be awesome the people at the bar, you know, are 40s and 50s, like, you know. Right in the wheelhouse. Right in the wheelhouse, like, for sure. Like, Minnesotan to die. For, I mean, this is classic. When we got there and no one knew who we were, it was like it fell super flat. But It was too smart. It was. It was too smart. You're right. Yeah, Dude, you got to you gotta get right in the creative wheelhouse yeah. where it's, not, it's just above stupid. But if you go too intelligent, yeah, it's not going to play. 
Whose you know, idea it was, was just, it? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was we it was thought out. We were like, this is a great couple's costume, and no one really got it. The I had another <laughs> one that um, actually I thought that I did at work that I thought was quite funny. Have you seen the show Parks and Rec? Oh, of course. So Andy Dwyer, yeah, right. He has yeah. a um, a character within his character. Yeah, Bert Macklin, <laughs> who's yep, the FBI yep. agent. So I dressed up as Bert Macklin with all that get up, and I made we Sarah helped me make my own FBI like fake coat, and I walk in and I see a senior leader as soon as I step off the elevator, and she looks at me and just laughs, and I'm like, Busted she it. gets it, and she's like, oh FBI agent, cool, and just kind of turned and walked <laughs> away. I was like, oh god, so you're digging deep with these, like yeah. that's like. That's like so smart. So if you're there are 20 people in the room, 18 of them are not going to get it. But those two that do, yeah, totally worth it. One person got it and came up to me and I was like, yes. That's, and there's actually, so many yes, levels to that. I'm so glad that it was you that got it because it just was perfect, you know. Do you have a history of couples costume? No, not really. Um, I don't celebrate... Uh, Halloween often. I mean, one time I went as a UPS guy because my brother-in-law works for UPS. and Costume um, was available. I showed up to a neighborhood party. The year before, everyone, all of my neighbors dressed up, like eight or ten people. So I didn't dress up. I didn't know they were having a Halloween party, right? The next year, I dressed up, got my UPS gear on, and uh, show up to what I thought was a party because they were having a bonfire. Um, good friends of ours in the neighborhood no one was dressed up except for me. <laughs> they just thought you're delivering a package. Yeah, like, set it on the set it on the on it's the table. Like Halloween fail after Halloween fail for me. I mean, it's miserable. It's awkward that you brought that up, but thanks. One of my best ones recently. I went as Silent Bob. So one yes, of my, one of my buddies with Jay, and we went as Jay, Jay and Silent Bob. And this was after I was on like a canoeing trip for like two weeks. And was just off the grid in between jobs. So I come back. I'm full bearded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look off the grid. Uh, hair looks a little disheveled. And so I'm hanging out with my buddy. And he's kind of a ginger kid with, with lighter hair. So we went, found this duster. I had a, like a backward baseball hat. I look just like Silent Bob. O- only skinny version. O- like the version now, though. He's pretty skinny. Did you get pics of that? Yeah. I have an incredible pick. Yes. So there's a pick of me and my buddy hanging out in front of the essay, in front of the gas station, like Jay and Silent Bob. So you thought we would be there just for a quick pick. No, we hung out there for a long time. Like yeah. this was a, this was a bit. Oh so my I'm gosh. hanging out. I love it. Uh, I got a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. There's just smoke everywhere. And uh, Jay is like out front talking to people, waving his arms, doing yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So people are walking by. This is the most incredible thing that I've ever seen. Uh, and I, this, this story would be funny if you're in your 20s. I was 31. <laughs> so what are most 31-year-olds doing? Like, oh, they're going trick-or-treating with their kids. I'm hanging out with my buddy in front yes. of the gas station, yes. posted up like Silent Bob. I mean, so, I love it, but people got it. Did people? Get oh, it? they totally got it. Yeah, because we were so over the top. And then we went to some uh, Halloween party, and there was a uh, a contest, and we went to the front of the stage and proceeded to put on this bit. Yeah, for the whole time, and people were like, well, "We didn't win," which pissed us off. First of all, sure. And then we just refused to get off stage. I sat there not talking. He's doing his bit, 
Like, it's hilarious for a minute. Right, right. 45 minute, we still think we're the funniest ones in the bar. Like, that joke has gone, passed, came again, and passed again. Yeah. Uh, so we, we overstayed our welcome, but it was a great Halloween, especially, especially when you're in your, your 30s. I don't know. Although, there was one Halloween where I did end up on the news. Oh, yeah. So this is, I mean, it wasn't as creative of a costume as Mario and Luigi. You, you, you see them all over the place. Right, but right. Mario and Luigi made an appearance on the Milwaukee News at about 5 p.m. Halloween evening. So we're walking down the street, me and my buddy, we get stopped, and they say, hey, can we talk to you for a minute about uh, Halloween safety? I'm like, sure, of course. We're in college. We're a little tuned up. We'll talk to you about anything right, right now, 5 yeah. p.m., on a Halloween, Halloween evening, uh, the reporter puts us on camera and they're like, how are you, how are you guys going to stay safe tonight? The only thing that could come to our mind is we're together. Yeah. And we took it as, well, you know, safety in numbers. You pair up with a buddy. Right. Uh, me and my other friend, who's a pretty good looking guy. When you watch it on TV, it looks like these guys love each other. Oh my gosh. Like a lot. I love and it. And this is a very public forum. So I it's like, it. hey, Mario and Luigi, how are you going to stay safe tonight? Well, we're going to go to sleep tonight together. <laughs> That's how it came off. So we're going around our day like, hey, we're on the news. It's fantastic. People say like, yeah, no, we saw you on the news. Something you guys need to tell us. <laughs> right. So that's uh, my other Halloween costume story. Now, you do understand I asked you about your Halloween costume just so I could talk about my Halloween costumes, but uh, I mean, that's really like, what I do. Do you have the video of that? Uh, oh, somewhere. We gotta. Find it's it. on VHS. We gotta post it on it's the really channel. Good. We yeah. gotta find it. Yeah. I had to retire from Halloween. I mean, I don't know how y'all do both of those. What do you got for me, Carl? My uh, question for you today is a little bit more, um, maybe introspective, and uh, I hope it doesn't bring up some bad feelings, but. My question is, when was the first time that you can remember when you got in trouble? First time that I ever got in trouble. Yeah, like it was just... So, first of all, it was always a point of argument for me and my dad when I would get caught. And this is well after the first time. I'm still trying to think about the first time. He'd be like, do you you know what you did? I'm like, yes, I got in trouble. He goes, no, no, no. We know you're in trouble. Look, what, what did you do? Like, no, I got in trouble. The only thing I ever thought I did wrong is that I got caught. Sure. Yeah. And so, and like, I didn't know I was saying that as a kid, but as I grew up, like, that makes perfect sense. It only matters if you you get caught. Right. He's like, no, no, you clearly don't know the reasons why you're here. I'm like, well, yes, I got caught. That's, that's why I'm sitting in this room. Yeah. That sounds like Um, a politician. Yeah, it does. I mean, those those skills are honed early. Uh, I think one of the earliest ones I can remember, my brother would walk around with a blanket in his mouth and then drag it behind him. And I thought this was a hilarious thing to do, to step on that blanket, and then he'd just fall right down. <laughs> and he'd pick the blanket up, put it back in his mouth, and I'd step on it, and he'd just keep falling down. He'd keep getting mad, but he's still too young. He really doesn't understand. How old are you, like 12? And <laughs> He's like yeah. two. So last Christmas was rough. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's actually my first memory was um, getting in trouble. It was probably right around that same age when I was four-ish. I was um, at preschool, and it wasn't actually at preschool. I was playing with Legos. Apparently, I took all the wheels off of the Legos, and I filled my pockets full of all the wheels. And I got home, 
And I started taking these things out of my pockets. And my mom was like, you <laughs> stole all of these Lego wheels. And I'm traumatized to this day about how much I got in trouble as a four-year-old for putting, I would say, unconsciously, these wheels into my pockets. I was not a four-year-old Lego <laughs> wheel-stealing crook. That just you picked it up it. somewhere. You were, you were watching. Somebody in your, fe- your family was a thief, oh. and you just picked it up subliminally. And I remember that. It, if her point was to scare the shit out of me so that I could not be a serial thief, then thank you. <laughs> it worked. Because it worked. I feel like I was on the straight and narrow for so long, and it was like scary how that memory still burns. Yeah. And with my kids, I'm like, did I just yell at them enough to the point where they're going to remember that incident with me 30 years from now? Yeah. Right? Because it's like you get to that, as a parent, you get to that point where like there are times when that it happens and you're like, is this going to be a defining moment for them? Yeah. Shit. Like, I hope not. I really hope not. Because um, you don't want those defining moments to be like fear. It's I mean, crazy. sometimes they start with fear and they end up. Sometimes, right. and it works, right? I mean, I was on the straight and narrow. I feel like that was a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I think my, I definitely had the the fear instilled in me, but then it, it wasn't like this ongoing thing, right? So my, you know, I was terrified of my dad for like the first time that I got in trouble. And then I'm like, well, this, this sucks. So I'm, I'm not going to keep doing this. Like I was one of those kids. Right. Like, okay. Right. The, the reward was not there. So I'm going to stop doing that. It worked. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, through with my own team at work and, you know, maybe I should employ a little bit more scare tactic, tactics up front. I think, front. Should. Um, I think I you think should. I think, I think there's a lot of takeaways that you could yeah. have with your team is to uh, instill fear. It worked for you. It worked. It did. For me. Therefore, it will work for everyone. That's a, that's that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. That's how the world goes wrong. That's a, that's a great development. <laughs> Uh, professional point there. I love that. So I think we learned a whole lot more about each other today. Let's go into one of my favorite segments. Carl, it's time for the C-list. Yeah. I'm excited because um, last episode, you enlightened us with a couple job postings that you found that were clearly absurd. They're pretty ridiculous. And I encourage anyone who's listening to this, go back to episode two to hear some of the uh, job postings for professional development consultants. Yeah, I mean, you can't even make that stuff up. And I was like, that motivated me to say, okay, let's look at experienced marketing professional jobs. And if we were out there job hunting today, what would we be finding? But we're not. We're not. But what would we find? So I've got some verbatims here. And it's almost, so the C-list topic of the day is job posting qualifications that, frankly, suck. You know, when I look at these postings and these qualifications, these are companies that likely I won't go to because it's <laughs> so corporate and so awkward. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense in my brain very well. Well, I'll start there. Let's start with the first one. You are solutions oriented. When presented with a problem, you actively seek to find solutions. <laughs> I can sympathize with this a little bit because... I've been in some situations where I've passively sought solutions. Like if a solution drops on my foot, if somebody tells me, I'll offer it up. But I'm not going to go out of my way to think. So 
I get this one. I mean, for me, it's like solutions-oriented, action-oriented, results-oriented. This is about getting things done. When presented with a problem, though. But that's the entire point of work <laughs> is to get things done. <laughs> there are a lot done. of jobs where you're not presented with a problem. If you're a server at a restaurant, the problem is you got to clean the damn table. Or you got to give them the food when they want the food and they're paying for the food. You're finding solutions to that. And that's what you're getting paid to do. So in corporate America, like, yeah, everyone should be solutions oriented. <laughs> if you're not, I mean, if you're looking at this, you know, opportunity, you're like, yeah, it's just not me. Just not looking to solve things. Just looking <laughs> <I'm> to... Passively. <laughs> I pa- do you have any jobs for people who passively seek solutions? Because, because that's me. I have no idea. Toll bridge operator, maybe. Like, <laughs> you're counting on people coming to you and throwing money at you so you can hit a button and raise. House sitter. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. So the next one is along kind of those same lines. You're responsive and have a professional persona. <laughs> is this an acting role? First of all, how in the interview process are they going to gauge if you're responsive or not? Is it... Whether or not you answer a question, <laughs> I mean, how do they? How do you? How do you portray that you have this professional response of persona when you're applying for this job? How does that come to life? I like the part where it says professional persona. They don't actually need to be a professional; they just need someone to fake it. I was in a I was in a limo once where the driver had a tuxedo. I knew he wasn't a professional. Yeah. He had a professional. <laughs> persona so i think that's uh a, you know something where it's like yeah, okay yeah you need a persona i got it i got a fake tuxedo I'll, I'll pretend like i'm a professional like why wouldn't you just say a professional i know but if you're hiring for a professional job why do you even need to say it at all <laughs> like yes you have well, you to have to, you send have an to... email if someone asks you a question you have to disqualify the person who shows up in sweatpants who doesn't talk to you you, but can, you, you can, can point clearly it said responsible yeah. professional persona. But to your point, that's you can not have you. a persona that could show up in sweatpants. This next one I see all too often. And I get it that like corporate America has to say this kind of crap, but it blows up. It's just too much for me to take. Conduct business with a high level of ethical standards and integrity. <laughs> I mean, come on. Is there ever a posting that says, conduct business with a medium level of ethical standards? So this place had, I'm picturing this as, a, this as an office that had an incident. At some point, someone with a medium to medium low ethical standards stole a bunch of money. So, yeah, but I feel like you either have ethical standards or you don't. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Like, I'm just, it's just weird. Like, if you're able to like, break some rules and not, you don't have... Ethical standards. Some might require higher levels than other. Like a Brinks truck driver, they should have a high level. Something like, I mean, if you're an average office worker, what am I going to even do? If I have a medium level of ethical standard, what am I going to do? Tell you, uh, send an email when I really didn't? Yeah, those are the people huh? that probably go around and steal people's candy. And I, mean, I mean, we're... Take pens home. That's why we went into marketing. The truth is fluid. Right, our our job description should say medium to medium, sometimes low uh, ethical standard. Doesn't mean we're stealing anything, but those high those jobs reserved for the high level. That's a very specific. You're touching the money. Sure, there's yeah. a there's there's a chance every day 
that you might take some of the money. Yeah, or tell a buddy. Be like, hey, come on in. Doors hey, open. This one should go without saying. Uh, if if it's in a corporate setting, I feel this like is, this one this we twisted kind of it so that you can have medium. I twisted it out that, that way. I took it where I wanted to go. I mean, that's half of what we do. How much are you going to sell? A lot. Prove me wrong. Right. right? Well, when's this project going to be done? Well, when's it supposed to be done? Three years. Oh, it's going to be the best. Yeah, it'll be done in two years. It'll yeah. be done wink, in. Wink. It'll be done in two. And how much do you think it's going to sell? Yeah, double that. Medium. Medium. medium possible all right low ethical standards you sold totally me legitimate that. i think you sold me on that here all right so i'm not sure that was the point of that but yeah that was awkward but hopefully <laughs> people don't think less of us so they um will. moving on to this next one here you should have a strong strategic and marketing acumen but without the ego or need to prove <laughs> this was definitely a place that just got rid of the office asshole yeah like he had been around for 30 years God, Dave's an asshole. When is he ever going to leave? Then someday, because he he's left. always pointing he out that people is wrong. Probably, yeah, yeah. Like, you know that yeah, guy. He had a high level of ethical standard. Other people have meeting him, but no, no. They had to deal with this guy for thirty years, yeah. and like, Dave's finally gone. Yeah. We, we don't have to deal with him. Do not bring another Dave in here. And don't uh -huh. prove to us that you know anything about marketing or no, strategy. Absolutely not. Keep that to yourself. Keep it to yourself. How are we going to be sure we don't bring in another one of Dave? Put it in the job description. Just say, we don't want an asshole like Dave. I mean, that's I how just, you get I this. want to apply. I want to get hired. And I want to look around and say, I know more than you fuckers. <laughs> and then quit. <laughs> just so I can just, check yeah, that bullet off the list. It'd be worth it just for the show. So I we could so. go in there <laughs> and record it. This next one is so standard that I can't believe I'm even seeing this still to this day. But you're comfortable working in a fast-paced, dynamic environment. Some people aren't. The DMV, that's that's not that's not fast paced dynamic. Dude, does anyone even know what dynamic means anymore? No. But I mean I've as been an experienced my... marketing professional, when you're looking for jobs, to have this bullet still come up. Yeah. It's like And what, it's it's completely are... irrelevant now. I mean, think about it. Global warming. Technically, we're all working in a dynamic environment. It's changing. That's true. Every day. I think this is almost like less about your qualifications, but more about like how we're trying to portray our company. Yeah, that's true. Like we're a fun place and it's hope you want to move. And when I think of like fast paced, I don't think of like, you know, meetings that end on time or more meetings like quicker. I feel like it's people hustling and walking really fast. Yeah. I just picture like it's fast, just like a, like no, it's, it's like a, it's like moving a, quickly. It's like an Amazon fulfillment center yeah. with people. Yeah. Walking around, if they even had people in there still, but they don't. Because we do a lot of stuff at work, but it's not considered fast-paced. I walk briskly sometimes to prove to people that I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But not always. The faster you walk, the, the faster you get away with not smiling at people. <laughs> is, that, is that your strategy? That's my strategy, yeah. <laughs> this, last, this last one I had to include because it was just a word jumble of crap that like made me feel uncomfortable, so... A positive, proactive, self-starting, action-oriented, make-it-happen attitude. This sounds like a place that's going to have like a weird chant or something. We, like, we know something about this. Could you imagine an interview question chant. say, can you give us an example of how you were positive and proactive and showed some self-starting qualities where you delivered on your results because you took a lot of action and you made it happen. I'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> that make-it-happen attitude. 
Yeah. Don't tell me about the time you made it happen. Tell me about the make it happen. Attitude. Attitude. <laughs> no, this, this kind of sounds like a place where there's going to be overly smiling people. It's like a Jim Jones cult where somebody's in there like clapping hands and doing yeah. some sort of lots weird of themed dance. office parties. Yeah, lots of themed office parties. Probably a lot of fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a place I feel like could be kind of fun to work. No, make it happen attitude. Like you, you would never apply for a job like that. That's inherent in the job market today. Yeah, is that places are moving quickly because the world is moving quickly. If you have to call it out, it's because you're not. And you want people who do this elsewhere to come to your place. So that tells me the other people who are inside are not that. Yeah. So they're going to expect you to come in and run circles like, show us, show us about the outside, how all this action-oriented can-do stuff happens. And you're going to go in there and, and you're going to die. Yeah. I mean, here's my takeaway from this C-list is if you're an HR, if you're a manager and you're writing you know, your job posting, you're writing these qualifications, write some real qualifications that actually mean that what they have done in the past is going to translate into making your business more profitable. These things here are just words. They're words on a page. It's, it makes no sense to me. You could be dynamic. You could be fun, self-starting, none of that matters as long as you get the job done and you can prove it through a track record of success. So I yeah. just hope everyone can be a little bit better. Yeah, and I think my takeaway is only look at a job description and apply if the language is as dumbed down and as stupid as you are. <laughs> That's it. Like, oh, if this is something I would write in 10 minutes on a Friday afternoon, hell yeah, I'll work for this person. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a real person. They probably had something to do that weekend. Sounds like a person who's got a life. Sounds like a place that I need to be. Sounds like a place that's got a lot going on. Yeah. So that's a great point. I love that. All right. Now let's transition into the work short topic of the day. So the work short topic of today is Keith's personal development plan. Yes. So it's a continuation of the episode that we did last time where we dug deep into Carl's personal development plan. This is where we look at all the feedback that I've received from my peers, managers, other people that I work with, and then I put a plan together. What am I going to do to get better in the next year? Better as a professional, better as a person. So I, I've been a little bit nervous about you know, sharing my development plan as well as uh, some of the feedback that I received, but this is how we grow. Yeah, you should be nervous. As, as a professional. So um, I'm going to share one of the key bullets of my personal development plan and some of the action steps that I've committed to over the year to get better. So the, my plan is to drive vision to execute and deliver results. I mean, did you really read your job description? Was it action oriented solutions? Driven? This, I literally, after that last segment, like, this sounds like one of the horrible job descriptions from your C-list. And this is something <laughs> I wrote about my, this is, this is my plan. This is so true. I mean, this is what I want to do. So, I mean, really, this comes down to me wanting to combat the perception that I'm the guy who creates the dream, but might be slightly less interested in doing the actual steps to make that happen. Now, that's not, that's not how it actually happens in real life. Like, I do stuff. You know me. I, I, yeah. I do things. However, there could be a perception out there 
um, by the way I do things that people might think I'm just kind of selling dreams yeah, and I mean, not delivering on the results. Is, is, so let's talk a little bit about the, the basis for this. So the feedback that you received to, when you wrote this was that you're just a, a dream guy? You don't actually do anything? Uh, so it's not necessarily that. It's more that I don't communicate how I get there. Execution steps, like how are you doing it? It's not all off base. It's like that one, like, you know, can you hear a tree? Does a tree make a sound if it falls in the woods and no one hears it? Yeah, but so you could see that I got the work done. It's like you're a lumberjack. You're out there chopping down trees. People are like, did you chop down the forest? And you're like, well, I don't. my dream was to do that, but I didn't see it. Yeah, so the problem is that, and, and it's a little trees. bit accurate that I don't communicate everything uh, that I do. Some of the action steps, first one, clear documentation and refinement of communication. You know how hard this is for me because I don't even like to text. Yeah, I don't I, like to email. I get that. This one's legit. I get it. Right. The next one is check in with key stakeholders. I mean, hold so on, this hold is my hold, plan. Let, let's start. I need to go back to this. I'm thing. just trying to get through this just as look. fast as possible so we can move I, on. Yeah, I totally get that. Clear documentation and refinement of communication. Yeah. So what does refinement of communication mean? I don't know. I'm the guy who writes these weird job descriptions. It's, Here's, I, this is what I believe that could mean is you need to speak in a refined way. For instance, start speaking in a British accent. <laughs> this I can do. And in your emails, add that little extra fucking you. Like on behavior. Color. <laughs> I added some color <laughs> so to my PowerPoint. Your communication style will be quite refined. This is a fa- I'm going to write this down. This I mean, a fantastic it's, it's going to be refined. Yeah. I mean, so we, we solved that problem. I wrote it. I can define it however I would like. And clear documentation. I mean... Outlook deletes your emails every so often. How, how like how can you keep a documentation of it? You gotta like send yeah. it to a folder. I'm not in charge of the cloud. I, mean, I don't know what happens up there. Yeah, what happens up there? I don't know. Yeah, you might be giving me an easy out for my development plan. I mean, let's. But the next one, check in with key stakeholders. Yes, I I wrote that one loosely intentionally. I mean, that's I only. could just check in and shake your hand and if, say hi. Yeah, if there's an like mumble jumble corporate jargon, there's... checked in. Check. It's like Keith checked in. <laughs> you do anything? Who cares? Yeah, checked I mean, in, and it I'm was just nice. Curious how checking in drives execution. It's like, hey, well, here I am checking in. <laughs> That's all you need to do is communicate, check in, and people think you did something. Yeah. The other thing I did want to share with you today, Carl, is some of my 360 feedback yes. that I received from managers, peers. Elsewhere. So there's, there's I would a, have given you my feedback. Um, you didn't give me any feedback, I didn't, did you? No. Although it's anonymous, but I could still tell. I know, but I haven't. It's still in my inbox. Sorry. Well, you received it and you didn't do it? Our boss gave it to us like a day before and I didn't do it before she gave you. Man, you are not results review. action oriented. Like, <laughs> That's true. All right. So the first and piece of feedback that I received. Development at all. And these are verbatim quotes too. I feel like Keith has an opportunity to better communicate daily project changes and progress. So you know that I don't like to text or email, but daily? You want me to check in with you daily on the things that I did? This is, you know, you know who makes, you know who has these comments? These are people who are not actually in the project doing the work, but they need to answer. If somebody asks them what's happening, they have to know, or else other people will know that they're not doing anything in the project. Why would I ever give anyone a daily update on any project? 
these are just people who are not helping out, right? They're so freaked out about somebody else finding out that they just have, what's happening? What's happening? Can you tell me? I haven't heard in the last five hours, the last six hours. Well, I sent another email. And how much changes every day? No, that's the thing. How, how, how long are these projects? Two, three years? I get pissed off with one week updates. Yeah. Nothing, not much has changed at all. Daily update. I talked to some jackass. I wanted an update. This one, this one just irks me because there's really two choices. You can either help me out and then you'd have these daily updates or just you're not in. Yeah. You just stay out, right? It's the people that aren't a part of the process. It is. And this goes back to my personal, even though it's in my development plan to better communicate, blah, blah, blah. So people, you know, hear the, hear the tree if it falls in the woods. You can either get something done or I can tell you about what I'm going to do in the future. And now, Keith, Channel 9 News, <laughs> his daily update on yeah. his project. No, let's start a, I, let's just start a daily radio show. You should do it. Yeah. And here's what happened. I wrote four emails, uh, changed yeah. the font on a PowerPoint, and promised a bunch of things that aren't going to happen. I mean, this is a two-year project. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, it's think about it if you're like building a house, and somebody asks you every time that you put up another two-by-four. There are people that do that. Yeah. How, how's that? Uh, Every day they'll stop by those contractors. How's that house going? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what'd well, you guys uh, get done today? Yeah. Well, are you going to help? Yeah. No. Is it your house? No. You get the hell away from me. And I can only imagine, like, in this age, right, of, of the digital world of where you're building on the fly, daily making daily progress with teams that are offshore and, you know, internal teams. There is progress that's happening. There's decisions that are happening yeah. daily. It is not tangible. But again, day. if you're not at the table, if you're not there, don't ask us for an update. Yeah. Come every fucking day. Like we are coming every day. Exactly. You're like you're coming it, every day. My point exactly, right? It takes a huge crew to get this thing together. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the two. Do you have any idea how much time I save by not sending emails? Probably to an egregious extent, but a lot of any remote success I've had is specifically because I don't tell a lot of people about it. You just do it. Yeah. I mean, you have to tell people above you, right? They have the money and the resources. It's irresponsible not to do that. But the people beside you in tangential to the project? Yeah. No. The recap for recap sake. No, I don't do that. Like the death of corporate America. No. Well... Yeah, I, I wasn't informed. Good, because you weren't in the project, but I'll show you when it's done, right? And a year earlier, whatever. That, that one gets me, gets me a little heated because like in corporate America, there's so many people. I've said my piece. We're going to move on to a piece of feedback that makes me a little happier, right? So the next piece of feedback, <laughs> and I quote, Keith relates to me and makes me feel included in all situations. This person gets it. I'm trying to picture this person, right? So Keith relates to me. So probably a mid-30s white male and included in all situations, an apartment. You know, this isn't my piece of feedback. Clearly, I mean, I didn't give you any, but yeah, just trying to feel who this could be that relates to you in all situations. All situations. (laughs) I think that's possible. It does not. I think this is very possible and it does not have to be someone in my demographic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend all my time. It clearly isn't in writing emails. Yeah, that's true. So the energy that I save, I 
can exert in making people feel included in all situations. So the the next one kind of flows right into it. He has great energy and brings great energy. Did I tell you that I'm a spiritual healer in my spare time? Because that's that's what this sounds like. Yeah, this is amazing. This is, you know, campfire stuff. Yeah, I sound, I sound like one of these people in New Mexico with like the crystals, and you I didn't mean, you didn't you didn't smell the sage in my in my cubicle. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, you got great energy, I guess, and you do like yoga. I do. So this maybe some just, of that's paying off, and like other people are feeling it. Yeah. Right. So I I don't know. These are two pieces. I of feel feedback, like your cubicle is like a shaman. Exactly. And my cubicle is like I don't know a bank. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the yoga studio right next to the bank. Yeah. It's like, come get your withdrawal of insufficient funds and then go and, you know, think about it and transcend. But this last one is my favorite. Right. This is a verbatim quote. I love Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even finished. It just, it just starts. I love Keith. He is a great listener and makes time for me to talk through things. I am lifting that verbatim for my Tinder profile. It's amazing how the feedback that you brought today was great examples about how awesome you are. Well, the first I mean, one definitely balances it out. Well, I mean, definitely is a, is a pretty strong term, but you've got three here that like you're very inclusive, great energy, and someone loves you. Someone just, they, they literally <laughs> said There could be an HR issue here. You did notice that none of these... I think next year, let's like switch lists and we'll see what kind of feedback we get if we (laughs) send our lists out and uh, see uh, how it comes back. Because this is phenomenal. I mean, I was hoping I would have actually, uh, you know, given you feedback so we could have a fun like, hey, which one is Carl? But (laughs) I didn't even do that. So apologize. I think an earlier point we had in the last episode, none of these are remotely, they don't have anything to do with work. Yeah. None yeah. of this has to do with any results. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, 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 that's great. I think the great takeaway over these last two episodes for me is, people, if you're going to give feedback, make sure it's actionable. Take the time. Make sure it's well thought out. Before you hit submit, reread it. Make sure you don't come across as crazy or not clinically sane. Let's just make sure that... They could tell me they love me. Yeah, I mean... Some of you people out there, tell please put that in mind. I mean, let's be fair. Some I'm, I'm the boss of some of you, maybe if you're listening. Um, but I mean, come on. If it's 360 feedback, it's anonymous. Make it legit. Improve our lives. Don't butter us up. Don't give us random ass stuff. So my my takeaway is pretty brief. It's very apparent that I don't have time for communication or email, but I don't have time for it with all the great spiritual healing that I'm apparently doing. Yeah, and all the great podcasting. Absolutely. So, so that was that was pretty cathartic. Thanks for uh, sharing in the last episode. Thanks for letting me share with you. I think we got to talk through a few things, uh, how to work through some of the more negative feedback, and how to maybe translate some of the some of the positive stuff. Yeah, I think it'll be great to see this coming year. Do a little check in later and how we're doing on our twenty twenty development plans. Yeah, I mean, personal development's a, it's a complicated subject. First of all, you're getting a lot of feedback from people, some you know very well, some you don't know well at all. And I think we're just trying to show like how, how we work through it. Yeah. What do you take? What do you not take? Yeah. What are you choosing to leave there? 
uh, and and what do you do with it all? And we clearly don't have the answers yet, but at least we uh, talked through a little bit. So that concludes the work short. I feel pretty good about it. I feel good. I, Keith, tell them again how they can uh, find us on the socials and YouTube and all that good stuff. You can check us out on our website, keithandcarl.com. And from there, you can jump to our social media feeds, Instagram, at WorkShorts Podcast, Facebook, at WorkShorts. And we have some cool video content on our YouTube channel, Keith and Carl. Yeah, I mean, tell your friends. It's This stuff is for, uh, we hope it's for the people that are in their cubicles, working the day-to-day, nine-to-five, and want to have a little fun. And hit us up on these socials, make some comments, like and subscribe, and we'll have uh, fun for many more times to come. Let's do it again. Thumbs up to that, mother. (laughs) 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 Baby, stop recording me.